Welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group Limited. In this podcast, we are focused on helping businesses set up and manage their group benefit plan to protect and assist their most valuable assets. Join us on this journey where Lauren explores ways to help you develop effective and cost-efficient strategies for your business. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge with Lauren Curry. Good morning, Lauren. How are you? Good morning, Eric. I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic as well. It is a beautiful day outside. We are we're talking about a few different things this morning, but I'm I'm still pretty excited about your last podcast. That was with Martin Chung. You had a guest and you guys just, you blew me away. There was so much good information in there. So if you're just joining us, make sure you go back and listen to that podcast uh, with, with Lauren's guest, Martin Chung. It was, it was fantastic. But what are we talking about today? Well, we're switching gears and we're going to talk about marketing your group plan. Some people would call that shopping your plan was whatever you like, Mm -hmm. but we're going to go to talk about going to insurance carriers so that we can try and get you better deals. Okay. And this is something that your company provides, but this is something that the business owners should be thinking about and engaging you in a conversation to to have you do this for them, correct? Yeah. This is a big part of uh, our role and, and what we do for our clients. But part of what we're going to talk about is how often should we be doing this? Yeah, well, that's that. I, that would be my first question. How often should you be shopping plans? I mean, I, as a as a consumer, I want to shop around and get the best price for things that I'm purchasing. But this is a whole different ballgame. How how often do business owners need to be doing this? Different advisors. We're going to tell you different things here. We all have our own opinions. Some advisors are going to be out there and they're going to tell their clients that they're marketing that plan every year because they're going to they're going to beat on the insurance companies to get the best price. I have a little different view of that. And I think a lot of the advisors that are what we'll call specialists in the the business view this a little differently because we work with the insurance companies all the time and, and understand this, where if you think, if you're the insurance company and you see the same company names coming into your department that, that provides these quotes, and they have like the whole department, this is what they do. They put a lot of time and effort into these quotes. Of course, that time and effort that equates into cost for those insurance companies. If they see you year after year, they're going to say, hmm, this guy just shops all the time. Chances of us keeping that business are probably slim. And what you're going to end up is eventually you're going to have a bunch of insurance companies coming back saying we're not competitive or we can't provide any savings. Bottom line is because they don't want to bother giving you a quote. They don't want to invest that time it's got to be pretty complicated. And depending on the size of the business, I would assume the larger the business, the more complicated it gets. Because a big part of that is you, the insurance carrier has to go through the entire plan design because when you're, you're marketing it, you the quotes have to match what you currently have. Plus we may be asking for an alternative at the same time, right? So now we, we may ask for several different things. So yeah, it, it's, it's a big investment on their part. Yeah. The other thing, if you think of it, when the insurance company takes a company on for the first year, there's a lot of work to setting that up, right? They got to they got to input all those enrollments. They got to set up the plan design, set up mm. billing, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So the profit that the insurance company makes probably isn't that much, I wouldn't guess, in the first year because what they have to invest to get the thing going. Mm. If they think you're going to change carriers again at the first renewal, I don't, I don't believe they're going to be providing you quotes. 
Yeah. How often are you shopping? Our rule of thumb is every three to four years. Mm. We want to make sure that current carrier has their pencil sharp. There's always variables, though, of why we may need to shop. There could be something going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not happy with the service or there's been an issue with the current carrier. And so maybe it's not as much price as something else. So we're going to market for a different reason. But rule of thumb, I would say every three to four years. That way, hopefully the insurance companies don't get to know your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want the name on the list. Okay, so this is a totally different wheelhouse than what I'm normally dealing with. And like I said, every time we get together, I learn a ton and I know the audience does as well. If I'm shopping around, I'm going to call up a bunch of different companies and I'll just use auto insurance as, a, as an example. Maybe I'm calling up a Geico or Progressive or Allstate or whatever to get different quotes. But that's me doing that. If I'm hiring you, you're shopping around these insurance companies, but would it benefit me to have multiple advisors shopping for me or marketing the plan? That's a really good question. And we actually do, we have somebody I've been talking to about their plan and they'll come back and say to me, okay, Lauren, we're going to let you quote our plan. We also have say two other advisors marketing the plan. This, this is something that I hmm. think, and, and frankly, this is the reason I wanted to have today's podcast or today's topic is it's very important for the company decision makers to understand how our business works, mm-hmm. and why it's important to pick one advisor that they trust, whether that's us or if it's somebody else, obviously you know, we hope it's us, but pick somebody you trust and allow them to do their job with group benefits. If we go to an insurance company, there are only there's only so many carriers. So let's just say for argument's sake, there's 10 major carriers in Canada. Mm-hmm. We're able to get quotes from all of those carriers. But if you have multiple advisors requesting quotes, the carrier's practice is they are only, go, only going to allow one quote. So the first advisor to get his foot in the door at whatever company it happens to be, uh, that's who's going to get the quote. So if, hmm. if you go to Canada Life or Great West Life or, or whoever, and you get your foot in the door first, then I can't get a quote. Now, how am I going to do my job properly? Yeah. I can, we can make a change, okay? So if, if the, the client says, oh, I want Lauren to be the one or Curry Financial Group to be the carrier or company, sorry, that we want to deal with, we can have a letter of authorization signed and we can get that quote changed from you over to me. But the problem there is that once the quote is set, it's set. You'll meet the pricing. The only thing that I can change would be the amount of the commission on that on that case. Hmm. It really creates some problems. At Curry Financial Group, we have what we call block arrangements with some of the carriers. And, and what this means basically is we have uh, preferred expense ratios, so lower admin fees, if really if you want to break it right down, with some of the carriers. And that's because of the volume of business we do with those carriers. The insurance industry, everything's volumes. If you have an advisor that dabbles in group benefits and they, they've got 10 groups and, and one one group with 10 different carriers, they're not bringing a lot of business. So they are not going to get the same deal as we may get because maybe I've got 40 groups with that carrier, just as mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. That limiting us to be able to do our job is, it's, it's detrimental to our client. Yeah, The client's the one that thinks shopping is going to be getting them the better deal. But in the long run, it, it hurts us. 
Yeah. Okay? Second thing on that front is we actually would be in a situation where we can leverage other carriers' quotes to nego- negotiate better deals with certain carriers, mm. right? If I get quotes in from, let's say, six or eight of these carriers, I can look at them and, and you know what, maybe one part, because there's different parts. We have what we call pooled benefits and we have cash flow benefits, or maybe I have a carrier that's got a really good price on the one part, but they're not in line on the other part. Well, I can go to those carriers and say, geez, you know what? I, I really like this part of your quote, but you're not competitive over here. Yeah, yeah. I may be able to leverage those other quotes with different carriers until we get the, the bottom line best deal that we think is going to work for for the client. So what I'm hearing is that if if I engage three different advisors and they go out and they let's for easy math there's nine companies out there and they are each able to get three quotes well then you can only compare those three to each other you don't you can't compare company number seven to company number two because you only have one two and three right so you can't do that the the shopping or the comparison to help strike a better deal right that's correct okay that's correct huh so but bottom line pick an advisor yeah who do you trust yeah who, who has the contracts with everyone, who has the experience to go out and get the best deal for you and let them do their job. Yeah, because otherwise you're tying their hands is what it sounds like. And I don't know how many insurance companies are out there, but how many insurance companies should you market to? Again, there's all kinds of what we call TPAs, so third-party administrators. There's different ways to get quotes from different carriers, but there's probably, let's say ballpark, about 10 major carriers in Canada that are really going to be the companies behind the insurance, right? Okay. In most cases, we go to market to all of the carriers. We're trying to get, it's usually a, a renewal situation, right? That we're not happy with, or we're, we're wanting to make sure that pencil's sharp at the current carrier. So we want to get as many different quotes out there as possible Again, because we're going to use those to leverage to get the best deal, whether it's with the current carrier or, as I said, we might even be negotiating with multiple carriers, mm-hmm. as many as possible. The, the other thing, I mentioned pooled benefits. So this is your life insurance, your long-term disability, these things. Mm-hmm. And they are what we'll call a pure insurance, right? It's not based on your claims experience like your health and dental is. But those pooled benefits... You have to understand, especially if we change carriers, we're usually getting a 27 or a 28 month rate guarantee there. So I would be more inclined to try and go to get the best pooled rate as I could, because I know it's going to be guaranteed for a longer period of time. Mm. The more companies we get quotes from, the better idea I have of what is the true cost or what numbers are, should we be looking at for this particular industry? Because different industries, there's going to be different costs, especially on the long-term disability piece. Got it. Okay. Well, there's a lot of moving parts here. I really don't know how all of this works. I'm learning, like I said, every time we get together. But as a shopper, I want to I want to pay the lowest price, but obviously I want good quality as well. Does that equate to this scenario? Are you are you always taking the lowest price plan? No, Uh, it's a great question. I guess it depends on on the client, mm-hmm. but you have to be very wary that an insurance carrier is not what we call in the business, buying your business, 
right? Mm. I have to deliver the first renewal. I am very, very careful with this. So with health and dental, this, as I mentioned, it's really based on your claims. That's, that's where the prices are come from. Mm-hmm. We see carriers give us a quote asking for premiums that are less than what the claims were the previous year on the group. Okay, now how can, it, how mm, can a company yeah. make money, right, or sustain those types of rates? Nobody can be in business if they're losing money. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. In my opinion, this is going to lead to a disaster at the first renewals, or first renewal when the prices go right through the roof because mm. it's not sustainable. We are very careful to make sure is that we are out there calculating what do the premiums need to be to support the expected claims going forward. Because that's really what you're doing with health and dental, right? Is mm-hmm. what do we think the claims are going to be next year? We know there's an administration fee and stuff that has to be in there. Again, the insurance company has to make money. We're paid a commission as well, right? So nobody works for free. So you have to make sure the premiums that are being brought in are in line to fund the program properly. Got it. I mean, that makes sense. It, it, it sounds like a bait and switch almost. Yes. That's what there, it feels like, at least. Yeah. I Frankly, it's a to me, it's a frustrating exercise. Yeah. If you talk to the company reps I deal with, you'll you know, they'll tell you Lauren doesn't like you buying their business. They're trying to buy a business. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I get, remember, your first renewal, who's the guy that's delivering it? That would be me. Mm-hmm. If I move carriers and save you 40% or, t- or say I save you 25% and the first renewal comes in and, oh, we have to increase your cost by 40%, you're not happy with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll even go as far as we'll do a renewal projection to provide like an estimate of what we think the renewal will look like before we actually say we should move to a different carrier. Mm-hmm. But there's always other things out there that you have to take into account. Like and nothing's ever 100%. So what if the employer's current situation, maybe because of COVID, they're in a real financial bind? And they may be saying, Lauren, I'm not worried about next year's renewal. I want to keep a plan in place for my employees right now. They yeah. really need it. And I need as many dollars saved as possible. Yeah. That situation... We're not worried about an insurance company buying the business. Frankly, we're looking for one to buy the business because all we're trying to do is save that employer as much money as possible today. Got it. Of course, I'm making sure they understand that beware when the when I bring you your first renewal, like like don't be shocked, right? Mm-hmm. That's a conversation. You may have changing situations. So maybe there've there have been what we'll call high dollar claimants on the plan that are no longer there. Mm. Now, when we negotiate a renewal, if we are aware of that situation, I mean, we're, we're certainly going to be going to the, the current insurance company and saying, hey, these high dollar claims are not going to repeat. Remember, we're trying to project what next year is going to cost, and we'll be telling them to take those out of the picture because that employee is no longer there, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get the answer we want every time. So it might be that, you know what, the, ch- the situation's changed, and the current carrier is not willing to to take that into account and the new one quotes that we've brought in, they're willing to say, okay, these are the claims that are actually on the plan are going to be projected to go forward. And so we're not worried about that plan having that really bad renewal going forward because we know of that change. And then last companies are now actually in some cases offering renewal caps. 
So they may say, look, we'll do it for this amount this year. And I may look at it and say, that's not enough. It's not going to cover it. But they also may turn around and say, and we'll guarantee it doesn't increase by more than 15% next year. So now, now we're doing more math to say, yeah. well, over a two-year period, what, what's this going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of things to take into consideration. That's why you need to hire somebody, in my opinion, that specializes in group benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know going back to the first statement that you made as far as shopping plans, how often, so on and so forth, when you do have a company that, you know, that the insurance company has bought their business, right? And you see the writing on the wall that that next year could be a big jump. I know you don't want to shop every year, but is that something that you say, hey, look, this renewal is going to come up and it's going to be a big, huge jump. Do you then shop at that point? Is that something that you do kind of to help clean up that situation? Or is it does it put you in a bad position to where the companies are like, I know we're going to see them again. And so we don't want to do that. That's actually when we sometimes get calls from a company to ask us to shop their plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? They're not happy. Remember I said, if I deliver in that renewal, you're not going to be happy with me? Well, yep. guess what? Some other advisors, they're delivering that renewal and that employer is not happy. So yeah. that's when I may get a, I may get a phone call. Yeah. Right? So somebody's listened to our podcast and said, this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing or whatever, right? Yep. I think I'll give him a call because I'm really upset about this. Mm-hmm. In that situation, everyone's different, but we would be taking a serious look at it. And we we may market it. The same two reasons that I already mentioned. We may market it and go back to that the, the carrier that just took the business over, especially if they're one of our preferred partners. I may go to them and I say, look, you're, you're going to lose this business unless you pull, pull back on this. I understand you know, we have to get the prices up to where they need to be, but maybe we negotiate that, okay, we're going we're gonna to ease our way back up to where mm-hmm, it should be, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Or it may be a situation where it's a carrier that we don't deal with, we don't, we don't do a bunch of business with, so we don't have those preferred administration fees, and we may end up moving it to one of our preferred carriers because getting the lower administration fees may ease off, mm-hmm. again, some of that shock, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. It, it sounds to me like there's there's times when you have to go into battle, right? I mean, you're you're getting dirty. <laughs> you got to fight these folks. So, huh? It is. And, and that's, again, my philosophy is I, I really look at the insurance carriers. They're they're. They're almost partners in this, yeah. right? Like I, I feel we're an extension of our clients, whether it's the HR department or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Where we are there to work on their behalf, work with them to get the right thing. But guess what? I've got to deal with somebody else and that is the insurance carrier. Mm-hmm. The better my relationship is with those carriers, the better we're going to be able to work together and, and everybody's going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense? Yeah. That basically is talking about the health and dental. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, the pooled benefits, so your life and your LTD, that's long-term disability. It's a little safer to accept that deal because, again, we we do typically get a 27 or 28-month rate guarantee. Mm -hmm. In those situations, we're happier to take a better deal. But again, a lot of it comes back to those health and dental uh, rates. We talked about price, but there's a lot of things that need to be reviewed, okay, beyond what the price that's quoted. 
And again, if you are dealing with an experienced advisor, somebody that specializes in the business, you're more likely to get this information because frankly, half the time we have to ask the insurance companies for it because they don't just automatically hand it out. Hmm. Some, I shouldn't say some do, but not everybody, but we make sure we're looking at the details. So I mentioned the administration fees. So we have a thing called a TLR, that's a target loss ratio, which is Mm -hmm. most of the carriers, that's the terminology they use. So if you've got uh, what we call an 85% target loss ratio, what that really means, subtract that number from 100, and that's gonna tell you what you're paying for administration fees, right? Mm. If claims come in, or you pay your premium dollars, if you pay $100, if you have an 85% TLR, then the insurance company is expecting $85 to go out in claims, $15 is going towards their 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 costs, the commissions, and their profits. Mm. Okay? Make sense? Yep. The TLR, and this is where we get the, the preferred deals on those block arrangements I mentioned, is we're going to get a higher TLR than an advisor that has one or two cases with the company. Okay? Got it. Very important to know what your fees are going to be going forward. All insurance companies have what we call an IBNR. That's an incurred but not reported reserve, okay, for health and dental. And what this is, I always refer back to, I call it the old days where uh, if you went to the chiropractor or something like that, you uh, paid for the claim because nothing was electronic back then, right? And you threw mm-hmm. that into a, that receipt into a shoebox. And at the end of the year, you did all your paperwork, got it mailed in, and maybe you got a check back and used that money for Christmas shopping or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. But anyway, <laughs> the claims have been incurred, but they've not been reported to the insurance company. So they, over the years, have always had this this reserve of money, which they put in place at the first renewal. It's a percentage. Depends on which carrier you're you're dealing with. Most of the carriers I deal with, it's in the neighborhood of about 6.5%. But that's going to be added to your first renewal because they're expecting there are claims that out there that have not been reported. Gotcha. What if you have one carrier that is going to have a 9% incurred but not reported reserve. That's an extra 3% on your first renewal. Remember, they are holding this money, right? It gets adjusted each year, depending on what claims are up or down, but it's still money that's being held out. I'd rather keep it in your, my client's bank account, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So lower IBNRs are, are better. Trends, inflation factors, whatever you want to call them, all the insurance companies have a set trend that they use and we'll just say an average one for health and dental might be or sorry for healthcare might be 11 and percent so that means they are expecting that the costs next year compared to this year are going to be 11 and percent higher wow. right i might have another carrier that's 9.8 there might be another carrier out there that their trend factor is 13 percent Now, dental, it's lower numbers. This is where, remember we talked about ASO, Administrative Services Only Programs. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about ASO programs is we don't worry about IBNRs or trends. Okay. So those are, that's, that's a whole different topic. But these are things when we're shopping for insured programs that are very important. And then the last thing, which very seldom anybody knows about, is what we call the pooling cost. So each plan has, we call it a stop loss. So that means any claims, generally speaking, it's at $10,000. So what happens is the first $10,000 of claims 
the client is responsible for those claims. But if you have high dollar claims, maybe it's a cure for hepatitis and it's going to cost $100,000, you're only held responsible for the first hundred or first 10,000. The other 90 goes into what we call the in Canada pool. Well, there has to be a cost to have that pool. It's like insurance on your insurance, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. We see the Again, specifically kind of the major insurance carriers are charging could be 23, 24% of your premium for that coverage. Mm. Sorry, I should have also mentioned that would also include your out of country coverage. Those claims are pooled from the first dollar. But anyway, and then there's other carriers that might be charging 18% or 12%. That's a big difference. So if yeah. I'm going to have a big savings with a company, but my TLR is lower, my IBNR fees and my trends are higher and my pooling cost is higher, again, these are going to have a big effect on the first renewal. Mm -hmm. And certain situations, and, and I mean, we always calculate what the costs really need to be, right? Like, we can do that from your claims experience. Yeah. And if we really feel they're at a line or we're, we're, they're kind of borderline, we will do that projection on what the renewal is going to be using all of these, these factors. So very detailed <laughs> when we get into marketing. Yeah. And this, what you've just told me is hire a professional because that was so complicated and, and you did a great job explaining it. And it's not that I wasn't following along by any means, but there are so many moving parts to this that, I mean, this is, this is not just simply calling up and saying, Hey, I need a quote on my insurance. That's a lot to consider. You know, obviously this is reiterates why somebody should be seeking a professional uh, to help them do this for sure. That would just boggles my mind. We're getting low on time today. Lauren, do you have any closing thoughts for today's podcast? I do apologize if people's eyes were glazing over <laughs> when I get into those details. I probably went too deep, but it's exactly what, what you just said. That, that's why I talked about it. Yeah. Marketing your group plan is a very important exercise. Make sure you have an advisor that's going to provide you the best opportunity to accomplish your goals. Mm -hmm. Right. So your goals of what this, this benefit plan is going to do for you, your employees, your company. And then let that advisor go and do their job and, and they will get you the best deal. And we're talking the best long-term deal. Lowest mm -hmm. price doesn't automatically make it the best deal. Yeah. Take, make sure that you, when you're dealing with an advisor, make sure they're telling you about all that complicated stuff I just talked about. You don't have to remember it. You just need to know how it affects your plan. Well, my hope is that anybody that's listening to this, that their eyes didn't glaze over, but they're, they're thinking the same thing I am. Wow, this is really complicated. I need to make a phone call because <laughs> I don't have time to do all this. I don't have the knowledge or the skill to do all this. So to make that phone call, they need a phone number. Lauren, how do they get a hold of you? We would be quite happy if they'd give us a call at our toll-free number, one 866 445-4424. We're more than happy to either answer your questions. And obviously, if you'd like us to do a marketing of your plan, we're here willing to help anytime. Fantastic. Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Eric. You bet. And our last thank you always goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Lauren comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Curry Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.